Welcome to What Else. My guest on this episode is Donna Sue Van Cleef Fish. It's a lot of names. I hope you'll enjoy listening to Donna Sue talk about all kinds of stuff. And this episode is brought to you by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. So enjoy the show, courtesy of Cards Against Humanity, our sponsor. Also, thanks to the Chicago Podcast Cooperative for their support of What Else. Okay, let's What Else it up with Donna Sue Van Cleef Fish. Here we go. Not wrong. Yeah, all the foam stuff, right? It yeah. creates a... Well, I think it's just the dark, you know, the... And yes. Then and then the switch. It's a little Escher, Escher-y in here. Right. Isn't the, isn't the Escher thing uh, like the sort of distorted perspective? Is Escher like the endless yeah, staircase? Yeah, endless staircase and, the, you know, the, all the optical illusions of yeah. the 70s. <laughs> well, not all of them. Is that when Escher's time period was is that what it, it might have been before it might have been before that mm-hmm. i think that's just when i was uh i was hip to that and we all tried to you know have our escher t-shirt or our escher oh yeah that's cool know. we should bring that back do people still do that do you no think? i think we should begin our own escher new escher club be uh-huh. part of a you know i like it i'm interested okay and you can probably design the stuff being what? a graphically skilled person well, or I know people. Sometimes you just got to call and you might know some things, but I'm sort of at a level. Call you know, someone in. Yeah. Call in the expert. They call in the expert and, just, and then boss them around. That's way more fun. Listen, <laughs> that's, that's your brand, that's right? right? <laughs> you know, my daughter, when I was little, called me Big Bossy and herself Little Bossy. Is that right? Yeah. I did not know that. So. That's great. We'll be together soon. That's real good. Um, then the. The bossy torch will be. The bossy torch will be passed will one be day. Passed from person. And I will person. just be the old bossy. Mm. Former boss. For, the Emer- bossy emeritus. Ever, I don't know if you ever become unbossy though. Maybe you become bossier. I think you do become mellower though when you're bossy. I think after a while you're just like, yeah, you know. So that's good. That's a good topic. So do you think? Do you think you're becoming mellower in general or in specific ways? Absolutely, absolutely. Were? I think. I think becoming mellower is not something you even try to do. I think it's a gift to yourself at some point that you feel like you deserve, um, because it feels good, you know. It, it feels better than to be uptight about what somebody wants from you or what you've got to do. Or Do you think that's a conscious decision? Like for you, have you decided like I'm going to be mellower or do you think it's just something that's kind of happened? And you're like, oh, look at that. I'm mellower. I think I decided to take some actions in my life with maybe not becoming mellower as the goal, but definitely to become less... Um, absorbed in things that just don't matter. And when you do okay. that and you're, I, to me, doing things that matter, you become mellower because you're more comfortable. It's being more comfortable, right? So what were some of the things that you chose to do that you think led to that? To becoming more mellow? Or that, 
or yeah, not. Or that you chose, yes. That, or you that know, you chose even life, if you right? choosing them specifically for that reason, like you said. Yeah, well, so, you know, life, you, you change. And, and part of and part of us evolving or devolving, whatever we are doing, um, is adapting to those changes. And when you have, um, you know, when you're excited by your first job or you're getting to play your first concert or... You know, whatever it is that sort of turns you on at that time, you might throw yourself into that and you might even thrive off of the the pressures and the time, you know, constraints and mm-hmm. and the moving pieces and, and you might even enjoy the occasional, you know, combativeness with certain people and um, there's some energy there, you know, that, that can at some ages be fun or interesting or just attractive and it might just make you feel good. Um, and I think, you know, then if you get into relationships or you have children or you, you know, are close with your family, you have other other priorities, you know, that kind of kick in there or even other interests. If you're an artist or a musician, I guess they're artists, too. We'll let those musicians <laughs> become artists, too. And, um, you know, that that being in touch with those things, I think, um, becomes more important and um, they don't require you to usually you know, kind of follow that same path, that you can really kind of spend your energy there in a way that's uh, more comfortable for you and, and probably for the people around you. And um, it's not like it's without its stresses, but it. I think if once you get comfortable there, you just naturally become a little bit less intense. Mm-hmm. And do you think there's stuff you've specifically chosen aside from those things happening to you and just yeah I I chose to you know as you know fairly recently leave a job I'd been at for a very long time how long were you there 26 years yeah and I loved it you know I I um I liked the job I liked you know most people I worked with and I liked the clients I had and um and I I was allowed um to do a lot of things that um I wouldn't have otherwise gotten to do because they sort of let me progress as I progressed and um, I made them money and other things. And, and for me, I got to try some things I wouldn't have otherwise tried mm-hmm. um, and be creative t- in some areas of my life, which was, which was great. And then at a certain point it becomes, you know, whether you've just done too many of them or you've walked that road too many times, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's good to know when that time comes and to decide to do something different. I think younger people right now, in fact, I've run into three different ones, including my Uber driver on the way over, who um, they just have a very different way of dealing with life than um, than I and I think most of my generation did. And I don't think it's a bad thing, I, but I, I'm, I'm not sure how it's going to turn out either. You know, we'll see. Um, but there's definitely a more fluid uh approach to life and, and, and with everything from sort of tiny houses to switching jobs frequently to, you know, taking self-made sabbaticals and, and touring the world or, you know, learning how to tan leather in Appalachia, you know, there's, there's just a million new things and there's a million ways to get to those things. And I think that that's really great. I think it's an exciting thing. Um, I don't know how it ends up, you know, but we'll, I guess we'll, we may or may not be here to see that. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so leaving the job thing was a big one. Were there other things that you think you've 
done recently where you've said, I'm making a conscious change, small or large, in the way I live or the way I approach things? Well, a couple things. You know, for me, um, I when I was both working and raising my family and um, I had put my art, my painting, my drawing, all that stuff aside and um, picked that back up when I made this decision. And that's been really fulfilling. Now, whether the arts, you know, of uh, any commercial value at all is a whole other story. But for right. me, the the feeling is really fabulous and, and I love that. And then the political climate that we're in, um, you know, also drove me to start doing some other things where I, I decided that once a month minimum, I would engage in an activity or do something that was um, benefiting others in some way. And um, it was, um, that wasn't me trying to sort of get away and, you know, become mellow. That was, but now having the time to do that. Mm-hmm is really fulfilling for me and, um, and hopefully helpful. Yeah. Um, let's talk for a minute about the art stuff because you did that professionally. Somewhat. Yeah. Some, I, right. Yeah. You illustrated the Illust- snuggle book. The snuggle book. Yeah. <coughs> Who doesn't have a copy of that? Right. I have it right on my shelf. <laughs> I have my, on my, with my other signed books. Right. Right. Good. It's you and Jimmy Carter. <laughs> Wow, I'm feeling, I'm honored. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In in that order. Doing the snuggle book, honestly, I think I did that, uh, you know, while I was even probably still in school. And that um, job paid for me to go to Europe for the first time. So cool, right? And so that was, you know, maybe. Can you remember like how that felt to know that you were going to get paid to illustrate a book and that. Yeah, I remember just, I almost kind of couldn't believe it. I remember at the time just thinking, wait, and not just like, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like a million dollars or anything, but for me at the time it was excellent money. How much money do you think you got? Do you remember how much? I had about almost a thousand dollars, you know, and at the time you could fly on People's Express for $99 and get to London if anybody has any remembrance of People's Express. Um, But, you know, I got to Europe and literally traveled around for a month for a thousand dollars, so great. So yeah, it was awesome. That's really good. Um, and then, did you do others? Uh, did you do any other kind of um, for-profit artwork around then? I did funny things. Uh, actually, I worked um, a lot for attorneys at the time, okay. and for plaintiff attorneys, and and drew um, all kinds of things, from medical illustration to. Um, um, sort of mechanical illustrations to kind of show how something happened in sequence and yeah. that kind of thing. So um, I don't know if that's really art, art. I'm not sure the snuggle book was art, art either. But, you know, it was, um, yeah, using that skill. So yeah, that was right, fun. You're doing that thing. Right. But uh, nobody, uh, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have a line out the door for oil paintings at the time. So that's right. my that's well. my new goal. That's good. Is that your current medium? I'm drawing and and oils. Okay. Yeah. When was the last time you had oil painted before your recent return oh, to man. it? Probably like 1980. Crazy. So how was no, that? No, I would say 91, maybe again? 91. I did one right before Nikki was okay. born. Yeah. And then, so to come back to it, how was that? You're starting over. Yeah. You know, I mean, not completely, but. 
um, for you, it would be like not picking up a guitar for 15 years. I mean, you can't even imagine it, right? Right. So, but if you didn't, it's not like you would totally forget how to play, but when you went to pull off some of those chords, you might be like, ooh, yeah, that's not coming back exactly like riding on a bike. And part of it's just, it's, it's hand-eye coordination to some de- to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. And the rest of it's just kind of retraining your eye. Mm-hmm. Do you think you have a different, I mean, I know it's all of our memories or ourselves are sort of unreliable, but do you feel like you have a different approach or something different to say when you grab the brush and stuff? Do you feel like? Well, you know, honestly, um, since I've been doing some more art, most of it has been um, with sort of a technique or a goal in mind. So the content of that I've done in a couple pieces, and um, that actually gets can get a little scary because you kind of you do realize that the way you're looking at life is significantly different than when you're, you know, 20 years old or, you know, 25 years old. And, um, and you also have the frustration of not really being sure how to get that message across, mm-hmm. you know, matching up your skills with your, your goal of, sure. or messaging, or that you're not really sure even how to go about it sometimes. So... It's like fun, exciting. When I say scary, not like I want to hide under my bed, but right. yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, do you feel like there's different? I mean, it's interesting you talk about sort of doing some of these things as an exercise to try deploying a technique, right? Right. Um, you feel like you're like you could be, I guess, creating or looking at artwork, paintings. Um, do you feel like you respond differently? Are there things you that resonate with you now that didn't when you were younger? Or? Absolutely. You know, I think one, like anything, um, as you progress in whatever either field or interest that you have. I think you um, learn to appreciate the masters of that area more. The more you do, the more you can appreciate the sort of greatest work in that in that area, or and and what it took to kind of get to that place. So the appreciation level, I think, is bigger. Where I, I think when I was younger, I was like, "Yeah, that's cool," you know, "Oh, that looks nice," or "That's boring," mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know. And I think um, understanding sort of the significance of the time um, that that piece may have been made is also some pieces are are more timeless and some are not. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make them less relevant, but it's kind of fun to kind of see those things in yeah. that perspective. Um, so I I do think that, and it's um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, life's still super fun, right? That's great. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Do you do you have favorite museums or or a favorite? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I have always had a real affinity for the Frick Collection in New York um, as a smaller place, and and the work there. They have some Vermeers and you know things there that are just you know wonderful. And I actually haven't been there in a long time, but um, you know, there's museums I'd like to go see that I I've not you know, and I 
from a pop culture standpoint, for instance, I, I watched that. Uh, I'd always loved Gustav Klimt, and um, I watched that uh, Woman in Gold movie, and now I really want to go to that museum, which is in New York, and I'd never honestly ever heard of it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you love to go to places like the Louvre, and, and those are places that are amazing. And um, But sometimes you'll just happen upon a piece in a small gallery or a small museum that can make you weep or touches your heart in some way and um, the same way a song does that you didn't expect to hear and it's not necessarily, you know, Pete Townsend. (laughs) (laughs) Could be anything. Could be anything. Um, So shifting gears, what kind of kid were you? Were you little bossy when you were a kid? What were you like? I was, you know, I was the oldest. Of, so, three. Yeah. So, um, and I was the only girl. So, and I was surrounded mostly by boys otherwise. So I think I was a little bit of a tomboy um, and just out of necessity because those were mostly my friends. And um, I think I definitely was bossy because, you know, when you're a girl in it with a bunch of guys, there's a lot of guys that need bossing. <laughs> and you're just the boss. To, I would say almost bossing. all of them probably need bossing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I probably was, but I, um, you know, I had such like a sort of really a wonder years kind of childhood that, um, you know, I also, I used to sort of lament that I didn't have anything really to complain about in that category, you know, because it was all pretty much as good as it could be. So, uh, so that setting for people who are listening who don't know. So you, where, where did you grow up? Where was your In New shopping? Jersey. Okay. Yeah. I grew up in Jersey. Um, in like in, what kind of part of Jersey? Cause North Central. And at the time was, you know, it was a suburb essentially of New York. My father okay. worked in New York. And, um, and, you know, it was at the time, you know, pretty out there. Um, now it's, probably one of the nicer communities at the time we lived in what was used to be a farm mm-hmm. um and my dad you know one night thought you know and he was from a bigger city in in jersey he thought there was somebody breaking in the house and when he snuck down in his boxers with his bb gun and opened the curtains he found a cow you know in the backyard so it was you know we lived on a block with you know thousands of kids and you know, yeah. families that were, we were the smaller family with three kids, you know, people had five, seven, eight kids. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, it was, you know, awesome. We played, you know, all those things, kick the can and capture sure. the flag. And we got in trouble because we went down the drain sewer because you could go down the drain sewer and walk down the street in the drain sewer, you know, so Crazy, right. life was great. What year were you born? Oh, man. Come on. Yeah, that's that's just so people, 1959. Okay, so you're talking about like 1970-ish, right, yeah. when these things are happening. When yeah, late 60s, kid, late 60s, early 70s, 70s, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because I think it's very different, right? Someone who grows up in, is 10 years old in 1995 is going to have a very different... Totally different, different situation. The, it was a small town, too. We picked way. our mail up at a post office, and, you know, there, the alarm would go off at the firehouse at 6 o'clock, and that's when we knew to go home. And, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, our parents, I guess they probably maybe knew sort of where we were, but, like, whosever Not house we all landed out, the mother made all the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and then we went back out, and we came home at when the bell went at off. At dinner time, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, right. And I think that's a, 
there's a set of people who kind of have had childhoods analogous to that. Then there's a set of people who grew up in the age of the cell phone and the higher security oh, yeah. situations. And it's well, we weren't allowed different. inside. You know, I mean, it had to be torrential downpour or something. My mother would be like, "Yeah, you know, go outside. You yeah. you need fresh air." So it's great. So, uh, so along those lines, is there like? Um, an activity or some kind of sensory experience for you that like evokes childhood for you that snaps you into that? Oh, that's an excellent question. Um, hmm. You know, there are so many, but, um, you know, I think part of those things are things you do, um, a lot of water experience. We had a brook across the street and we got turtles and did all that kind of stuff. You know, we all swam at the local pool together. Mm-hmm. Um, like I told you, we went down the drain sewer. We seemed to have this fascination with, and we went to the shore, mm-hmm. you know, in the summer. Okay. So, um, you know, that's that's probably a big thing. But, you know, there was everything, you know, like we pretended we were the part of the monkeys, you know, because the monkeys were the big band at that time and um, had go-go dances and, you know, so... Music, you know, music mm-hmm. was a big thing. I saved up all my babysitting money for my first, to get one of those radios and cassette players where you could actually record off the radio. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, you know, making my own mixtapes, really. It's a big deal. Except yeah. without any editing. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you, I think there's a million, we associate so many things with, with the music in our life, sure. right? Sure. Yeah, I think it's What was yours? Um... The thing that sort of evokes yeah, or, you, or the song. Is there a, is there a, a song? Oh, there's a whole bunch, right? There, for me, a lot of them are. They're very pinned to a specific time or even a specific event or a sort of sensory experience. I've I think I've said this before to people, but like when I hear the beginning of um, "Hold On Loosely" by Thirty Eight Special, like I can picture the smell at the end of the school year and the smell sort of the summer air coming through the windows of the school bus mm-hmm. um you know i'm i'm right back In i'm right spot. back there when i hear that sound or i'm right. on my bike riding over to the specific park i can remember it um when i hear you know that song or you know winning by santana or there's other songs oh, right, that are earlier right. on that i think of i remember being in my neighbor's basement and listening to certain records and it takes me right back there American graffiti soundtrack or right you know any number of things um yeah so it's very it's a it's a time machine that takes me right back yeah and you know really bad food I mean that was the other thing you know like we had no good food like my mom was actually why do you think that was what was my mom was a good cook I mean she was actually not really hip to you know like craft macaroni and cheese and stuff like that and we used to my my brother used to be excited for them to go out on a you know, parent date because we would get to have TV dinners, oh, okay. you know, which we thought were like awesome. So, but, you know, terrible. I mean, we ate, you know, white bread and orange cheese and right, sure, bad stuff. Yeah. Again, of the time. And here we are. Uh, yeah, you made it. <laughs> um, do you like cooking? Love it. Yeah. Love cooking. Yeah. I love cooking. What I, do you love about it? Do you know? Can you... You know, I think it's... You have to focus on cooking. You mm-hmm. can't... You really... I mean, you can make some things really easily, but sure. if you're cooking, cooking, I think it does the same thing that any kind of 
it's its own, its own little meditation, mm-hmm. right? And the, from the chopping to the, um, you know, actual heating, stirring, whatever, there's rhythm, there's mm-hmm. um, color, there's great smells. Um, and then, the, you know, you get to see something from the beginning to the finish, and usually it's good, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes if it's not, it's just not, you know, it, throw that card out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you like to make stuff from like that you haven't made before? Oh, do yeah. You like, you like to I'm experiment? Totally, and, yeah? yeah, I do. I love that. I, I won't say I always do that. But there's definitely some go-to things. Sure. You've got to have some go-to things, right? So, yeah. but um, I, I won't say that I, I, I don't necessarily go on a, on a limb ingredient-wise. Like I'm not like an iron chef, like give me an octopus and I'll make you something. But right. um you know, I love looking at New York Times things or whatever and just seeing, oh, yeah, that sounds like something. That's cool. That's good. That's good. That's good. It's, I think it's good that you have that motivation to get in there. And, yeah, and, and it's fun it. when people enjoy it. You know, seeing people enjoy what you make is whatever that is, That's right, right. Um, is really fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And everybody says you can do it for yourself, but it's not the same. Yeah. How do you feel about doing dishes? Hate doing dishes. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. I shouldn't say I hate it. I don't mind doing dishes, like the actual dish. Mm-hmm. That's fine, <laughs> right? But I am not like cleaning a pot. Oh yeah, that's a bummer. So like that's you know, real like, work. like yeah, yeah, like the quick, you know, that's fine. But I won't say I love it though. Like you know, that's what dishwashers are for. Mm-hmm. Some people love that though. They love the warm water. And do you like it? I don't mind it. Yeah. I find it to but be like sort to of meditative. Yeah, I like that okay, too. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't mind doing that. At some point, I don't want to do, you know, I don't want to wash 50 settings or whatever. Right. But like a few, yeah. not a big deal. Yeah, for like two people or something, you're yeah, fine, right? it's totally fine. Yeah, their table of 18 at Easter, no. No, that, that gets to be, right. That's just wrong. That's a bummer. Um, let's talk for a minute about uh, your job thing because I think this is interesting and will be interesting to people so for, so you worked 26 years you said at this job, which is a long time mm-hmm. at the same place mm-hmm. same company and how would you roughly describe what you did there well um, I started there I was hired to um, this company had bought I don't know if you say it or not yeah, sure. it's Jam Productions um was hired. They had bought a venue and um, were partnering on a venue, and um, they were hired a couple of people. Wanted to do public events and wanted to do private events. And um, prior to that, I'd actually been running a gallery. I just had my son; he was one, and um, I had ended up having to make money for the gallery more by doing events in the gallery than you know, actually selling the artwork because right. it was just a young artist type of place. And um, the parties ended up becoming a, more of the thing than the gallery itself. So right. um, I ended up getting that job um, to book in things and do events um, for the the venues. Um, and then... So did you go seek out this job? Like, how did that come together? No, it was, um, you know, I think a lot of my life has been this kind of sort of serendipity of having... I don't want to say things fall in my lap, but um, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of good luck, you know, that comes there. And a, a friend 
had said that the uh, the position was open and and um, would I be interested in coming in and talking? And I said okay, and I had a horrific, horrific interview, um, which you know. I, I, I even when I look back on it, I, I can't pinpoint any part of it where I was like, well, wow, I had no idea why this worked out. Um, um, and I'm not I'm not, you know, saying anything bad about myself or, or the interviewer, but we just it just seemed like a mismatch of, of, of two people. And then he called me that night and offered me the job. And I actually said to him, you know, I was the girl who you said was wearing a puke green suit. And he's like, I know. You know, I liked I liked your grit, and I was like, okay, well, let's give this a go. And um, so it was, um, you know, so even when you you think you, um, you so you never know. Like life gives you a lot of you, you never, never knows. Know. And um, and I went on to just um, do more and more things uh, at Jam, and and um, eventually led their entertainment creative services division, which uh, did special events corporate events, nonprofit events, and large civic events. So, so opening, you're putting on big productions. Yep. Right, we opened Millennium Park. We opened the new uh, part of the new wing of the Art Institute, mm-hmm. and um, we opened Museum Campus, um, and so uh, Denver Stadium, you know, so very often involving some talent, but a lot of it just, right. uh, some of it just artistic and production, of course. So I mentioned that, right, a lot of people would perceive and have probably over the years perceived that job to be glamorous, right, <laughs> because you're working with whatever, famous bands or something like that. Right. Right. Um, what I'm interested to know is what you think. I imagine it involved, you know, dealing with clients, dealing with agents, dealing with unions, dealing with everything. Like, what do you think you've learned about people? from that I wow that's a great question too I I I I learned a lot um but in a simple answer to that what I learned is there's we're more alike than different and that people that are seemingly you know mean or rude or difficult very often are are struggling in their own way, you know, um, and it took me a long time to get there because I, I slammed many a door in my time there. And, um, I learned a lot of swear words that I, I didn't know beforehand, but, you know, you, you realize that there are artists who, you know, are amazing artists who are stage fright, you have stage fright, you know, horrible stage fright and have to be, you know, coaxed onto a stage. Um, you realize, you know, there's, Union guys who are really just really, even if they're being tough guys with you, are are really scared about whether or not they're going to make ends meet with their family and and do those things. Um, and then, you know, you realize that there's the power of whether it's music or art or in the end, sometimes just making something happen um, that is a powerful thing that brings people together. And I think probably one of my funniest experiences with that is is we did um, the Jubilee with the Archdiocese of Chicago um, during the millennium. And, you know, we had a lot of union stagehands there who, you know, sometimes they're, they're darling and sometimes they're difficult. Um, but almost all of them, you know, had been altar boys. So 
um, when the priest came out and then started the day with a prayer, um, I heard almost no swear words during the entire time. And when I did, they would be, you know, sorry, Father, sorry, Father, you know. So it was funny to watch the child, right, in, mm-hmm. in these guys and, and, um, and see sort of how deep-rooted some of the spirituality for this kind of thing is in people, or even if it's just, you know, the habit of, mm-hmm. of being identifying with that. So it was, it, was, it was great, you know, and I learned a lot. I was raised Presbyterian. I learned a tremendous amount about Catholicism and exchanging ideas with some some neat guys there, um, priests there, and it was. I just feel lucky that I've, I've gotten to learn many things. Every event being very different, different people, different points of view, different goals, and I think that's a gift. Very interesting. The, the, you touched on something there that I was actually thinking about this morning for some reason. This idea of. Um, I feel like even though it, there can be a big gap in time, how for some people or, and for some facets of some people, things from childhood are, are very close. They're very accessible. Like people haven't really gotten that far away from some of that stuff. Good or bad. Yeah. Um, do you think there's parts of you that are the same as they were when you were a kid? Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I I don't know about you, but I know there's moments where I'll react to something and I realize that that's, you know, my six-year-old self has rea- just reacted to that, you know? So it's um, whether it was defensively or um, I didn't do that or, you know, you know, that kind of thing that's, that's in us from when we're small. And, and hopefully some of the good things like delight, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when you can become totally delighted by something small and precious sometimes yeah. that just, but just lights you up. I think that's part of your little Nick or mm-hmm. little Donna Sue person, right? You know, that, right. that um, is nice when they come out most of the time except when they want to have a tantrum <laughs> right <laughs> which which happens which also does happen yeah that's interesting um so you were talking a little about earlier about your your travel to europe when you were younger um what kinds of trips do you like to take are there kinds of places you like to go or types of things you like to do I am not, I, I would almost say what I'm sort of not. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I like a beach for like two days, you know, kind of thing, but I don't like to sit around that much. Um, I enjoy some history with this, whatever's going mm-hmm. on. So I, I, I'm interested in the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been very fortunate, you know, with um, my daughter Nikki recently in Indonesia. Before that, she was in China for a while to go visit there. And those are places I don't know that. I would have chosen to go, mm-hmm. um, but I had amazing experiences there. And, you know, in Indonesia, for example, the spirituality of Indonesia as a whole, and it's a very diverse set of communities, um, was fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. That it was so integrated in their day-to-day, whether they were Hindu or Muslim or Christian. Um, it was interesting just to see how integrated that was in their day-to-day life Mm -hmm. um 
in China, I was, you know, just fascinated by how they never hit each other in a car, you know, because they drove within half an inch of each other at all times. And, and you know, people are lovely, you know, for the most part. Um, and the ones that aren't, it's fine. You know, it's fine. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm not motivated necessarily by things like, I, I like the cultural part. I enjoy seeing, you know, art that's there or practices that are going on there, um, what ki different kinds of food that are there. Um, um, so I don't know if that answers your question. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to scale a mountain probably. You know, I'm not that person. Mm -hmm. But I admire people that do that. And I like to read about it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, uh, do you have places that, do you like have a list? Like, you know what? I'd really like to go here next. Places you haven't been. Yeah. I love. places you love to go back to. You know, uh, there's a lot of places you'd love to go back to, but I would want to go someplace new. Uh -huh. um, I've always wanted to go um, to Vienna um, and Prague. I've never been in, you know, that part of the world really for any length of time. Um, I've always wanted to go to India. Yeah. But I kind of, um, I feel in that situation I need more research and maybe even a better connection there or guide potentially somebody, right yeah. um, and Africa has always been on the top of my list I just um, really would love to go there but there's not many places I probably wouldn't want to go I, mm -hmm. I think um, New Zealand I'd love to see and sure I'm not maybe hip to go to Antarctica anytime soon but you know do you like it do you like the cold I do yeah. I don't mind the cold. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't mind it. I know you're not a. I'm not a huge fan. But yeah. I'm have, learning to bundle up. And we have just a mutual friend who's a cold up. person. That's I'm right. in between. I think I'm in between the two of you. Yeah. Like he's like extremely cold and. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I land come kind of in the middle there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Where do you want to go? I think there's a bunch of places and I think, uh. I try to now when I go places um, not have a ton of expectations and just kind of take in what it is, right? If the weather's not going to be great, that used to be like, very frustrating to me or whatever. If things right. didn't happen the way, it's probably true of most things in life, it would be more frustrating. And then I'm like, eh, okay, well, what can we do with this? Um, but there's a couple of places in Africa I'd really like to go. I mm -hmm. think that's probably the top of my the top of my list. I think there's many other places that I'm interested in. And then there's a few where I'm like, eh, I don't really like if I think about it, if I never get there in my life, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, my brother loves Australia, for example. And I, I, I want, you know, I'd like to maybe go sometime, but if I didn't make it to Australia and I don't know that I would. Right. Really regret it. But that's a big continent, you know, so. It is. I know I'm making a big generalization I probably shouldn't make, so. It's Okay. I mean, I don't think they'll be offended. I think <laughs> everybody's going to fall mail. somewhere on the list. Right, right. I'm sure they're at the top of other people's lists. So, um, when you go somewhere for, a, well, I guess it depends, right, on the sort of purpose. Right? I'm sure you have trips where you go to relax for a weekend, or right. where you go to see something or do something. Yeah, I'd never been to Mexico, weirdly, until like two months ago. Like okay. everybody's been to Mexico, right? I mean, if you live in the United States and you've you've gone to Mexico and I you know, I'd been to Tijuana, which I didn't count because it was it doesn't sound right, you know, yeah. I got some chiclets and I came home and 
you know, so, and I, I enjoyed it. I really, um, it was for like four days. It was a, was a bunch of friends of mine and it was, um, a lot of fun. Again, you know, I like to go to the ruins and do that. And, but I do like the water again. I do like the water. Yeah, I sure. did go snorkel, but I don't really, you know, I'm so pale. Like I'm just not really a You're land. not going to veg out in the sun Mm-mm. for days. That's on just end. too many freckles. Right. So no, um, so that part of it's always a little bit of mm-hmm. a thing. Um, Did you like history when you were younger, do you think? I liked it okay. You know, I liked... I liked... At the, when I was younger, I liked history I could relate to. Like, that, that had some historical significance mm-hmm. to me. Um, which, you know, was a lot of British history and, and that kind of thing. And American history, obviously. But... Um, I actually was just talking with my my Uber driver who was from Armenia um, over here. And he was, you know, we talked about various kinds of history. And he's like, oh, are you European? I said, no, why? He goes, are you American? I said, yeah. He said, most Americans don't know that much history. And I thought that was sort of an interesting comment. And I don't know if it's true or not, but I think it might be true. Um, And I'm certainly not. Um, a history buff, but I enjoy it when I, mm-hmm. I enjoy knowing about the places I'm going to and I enjoy sure. learning about it when I'm there, whether now, whether it, you know, affected our civil war or not. Right. You know? Right. So how about you? I think I'm more interested now than I was when I was younger. I just don't think I cared. And now I'm maybe it's because of the way lessons or the way things in life fit together I feel like now there's something to be learned from it whereas before I was just it's just like a bunch of boring stuff that happened a long time ago to people that I don't care about right yeah I get that um, I went to Normandy in December I'd never been and honestly you know when m- my dad was was super into 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 history and a special especially uh, military history um, you know I knew what it was but I didn't but going there and again, I think just as you get older, you realize what that took, you know, what the bravery on, on the French and the Amer- I mean, all the, all the, everybody sort of came together. And I really wondered as I was there whether we would ever see nations come together like what happened there in order to accomplish something. And mm-hmm. it was a true partnership and i'm sure there were internal battles and political things at all but it but they they did it and i could you could feel it there it was really powerful and and um meaningful and i think even 15 years ago i would have been like yeah i i think i'd rather have a glass of wine and sit in a cafe than drive out to normandy so yeah i think i have much different appreciation for that kind of thing and you sort of take a minute and put yourself in somebody else's shoes and be like, wow, wow, this is really something, what they did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you were in showbiz for a long time. You've seen a lot of concerts. Mm-hmm. Um, do you still like going to concerts? I do. Yeah. Um, but not in the same way. You know, so I don't love the big show as much unless it's someone I just 
well, it's Bruce Springsteen. I mean, let's say, let's, let's, just, say, let's just say let's it say out loud, right? So, um, but other than that, I I I tend to like to go see some new you know newer artists you know in smaller venues and 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 check that out. Um, I would say I like to sit down now, right? You know, and um, you know if any part of the Ramones did another farewell tour i probably i used to go to all the farewell tours every farewell tour i was at um i don't think i would do that anymore you know because i don't think my neck could handle it but um so yeah different right you know i think um and there's there's artists who over the course of time i won't say i stopped liking but i i just don't listen to really anymore and there's some newer artists that um, I have a nephew who's a musician, and um, for my birthday and Christmas, I always ask him to do me a mixtape, you know, of what nice. he does. And, and um, you know, very often a lot of these are people I either don't know or don't know well, and um, it's a great present, you know, to great. have. It's a great, and I feel uh, even in the, because even when Jam got artists, they already had sort of, jumped up enough yeah. to hit a certain level at a club, right? right. You know, so um, you didn't necessarily even see them in that sort of infancy. And the music business is so different now, sure. right? It's just a... Are there a couple newer things that you listen to now that you like? <sighs> or new to you, anyway? I, um... Yeah, there's there's actually a lot. Now you're going to put me on the spot and make me remember okay. names and things. To. But, um... If it uh, comes to you, I will. I will. I will shout it out. But I have. Um, I should have brought even my list. But I, I a lot of a more singer songwritery type mm-hmm. type of artists, honestly, are are generally my mm-hmm. appealing to me. And I, I hate to say this because my husband might hear me, but um, I'm starting to listen to some jazz. Okay. Which I used to, you know, well, make fun of. Honestly. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> I used to call it going to sleep music or, right. you know, I can't sleep. Can you put on some jazz and, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. are there any concerts that or people that you haven't seen that you wish you could? That you're like, Ooh. Most of them are dead, unfortunately, okay. you know, right. So I would love to. Um, um, you know, I've, I got to like I would love to have at some point seen an Elvis, a, like an old, like early Elvis. Sure. You know, um, just to kind of understand his energy and, and place there. Um, I'm trying to think of who I haven't really seen that I care about. Um, you know, I was lucky. I was very lucky, in, in fact, to see a lot of great shows in even small venues. You know, we got to see the Stones at the Double Door and, you know, see Prince at the, you know, Metro. And, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things stay in your Sure. They're in your top tens, yeah. you know, and then, you know, you see Nick Marcos open. I mean, like, right, it's just right. like, yeah, okay. Like, I mean, your life's complete. You don't really <laughs> need, you don't need anything else. Um, do you have like any, what I call, or my friend Vinay, I think coined the term secret personal anthems, like songs that when you need to, I don't know, psych up for something or get through something or whatever that are those songs that you play in your head? Um, 
Well, you know, there's there's a couple different things. And you, ha- I know you have one of these, a running list, right? A list that you run to. So are you talking about that kind of thing or something or you, something more where emotional you're emotional? Than that. More, okay. like, more that like the, the song when you're like, you hear it and you're like, that's that speaks to me, not just because it's a good song, but you're like, that's one of those songs that's gotten me through stuff or that has meant something to me in a way that even other great songs haven't. Okay, that's a good, that's a right? great like one. There's a song like, you can take a song that's great, uh, I don't know, anything, Rocket Man by Elton John. Right? right. Great song, but it's not, there's never been a moment where like, Rocket Man got me through it. Until I saw that YouTube like that. ostrich video. There you go. That's then, then it made then it meant something to me. Um, yeah, you know there there certainly are, and let me think let me think in that realm. You know, I think some of those are time based songs. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I was, you know, when you're just feeling sad and you just want to really feel sad. Right. You like you just want to get cathartic. You just want to pound through that. Yeah. You know, I used to put on my you know Carol King. You know, and I used to kind of play tapestry from beginning to end. You know, until there were no tears left, and then you know I would, you know, yeah. buck up and and do that thing. You know, Aretha Franklin for me, um, you know, respect was a big female anthem as a young woman, younger sure. woman. You know, where that was like sort of a, you know, done in a funny way because you know with the Blues Brothers it was sort right. of its own thing. But um, I just remember really thinking about sort of self respect at that point and that being a a piece of of life. And I think there's a lot of, not a lot of female anthems that speak, you know, there's always, you know. Do you think you needed one that was specific to being female as opposed to just? Absolutely. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I think, I think almost any woman would tell you it's good. In, in the same way that, you know, so many guys have to, you know, play, you know, um, you know, we are the champions, right? You know, like, you know, they, I mean, you, there's got there's got to be some sort of female, I think, anthem because it speaks to you. And I'm not, you know, I think people like Helen Reddy did that at their time, you know, on their time in the 70s when it really was a different kind of period. But um, there aren't a lot of them otherwise, you know. Mm. Um, and I think... When a guy's singing the anthem, it's a little bit different. Like, do so you have it, a, Do you have like for instance, do you have one that's that's sung by a woman? Oh, I was gonna, so this is what I was going to ask. Right? Is it is it about who's singing it? It's both. It's both. But do you have like do you have an anthem that is? I have some. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like Barracuda or something? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the climb by Miley Cyrus. Really? Do you know okay. that song? Yeah. Great song. Okay. Great performance too. Yeah. Monster. I give her some. I give her some kudos actually. Yeah. yeah. Very impressive, especially because I don't know how young she was when she sang that, but it, pretty young. Uh huh. And it's a killer performance. Yep. And it's a great song. Um, that's one that I can think of right off the top of my head. Okay. I mean, more of them probably for me. More of the secret personal anthems are probably sung by guys. Just yeah. Well, there's more. In rock music, right? There's more. And it depends. You know, there's, um, especially in that kind of like rock band format, there's more, or there were more guys than there are women, right? There, 
Mm-hmm. There were more women in the singer songwritery thing, and there's a few songs that fit in there. And there's songs like, um, oh, I don't know. There's some Kate Bush songs like This Woman's Work and mm-hmm. stuff like that that are are super powerful. Just production wise and arrangement wise, they tend to be the slightly more delicate and less, in some ways, anthemic, right? right than where the streets have no name or like you know giant rocks, right? That are yeah. Well, you two, you know, you two had to me had some that, and I would even say a couple of Nirvana songs at at, at, at a time that I was sort of beginning at jam, kind of took. Mm-hmm. Um, took a place there um, as something I would I would have kind of put in there. And I think, you know, U2's One was one of those songs for me that I um, I loved. But I, I think now sometimes I like the idea of sort of being caught off guard by a song that suddenly, you know captures your imagination or touches you in a place that you just you don't even know why initially mm-hmm. um and i i feel like there's more out there you know than say five years ago or so when i just was like i was becoming incredibly discouraged by what what i was hearing and and i felt like the ch- the churning out of music was was really i don't even know the right word but it wouldn't be a nice one but and, you know, I, I feel like there's some people really breaking out of that and, and doing some interesting work. Like, I always have liked, you know, there's some Greg Brown stuff that I, I really, I don't know if it's anthem-like for me, but that speaks to me. Ani DeFranco, same mm-hmm. thing. And she's probably one of the women I admired the most. I don't always, you know, her music, there's some songs I like of hers and other songs that... I don't care for, but I have a great admiration for her taking on a difficult, difficult spot in the music industry and and making something of it for herself in her way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great example. And I think you see other women doing that now, mm-hmm. and some other guys. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you talked earlier about dealing with people and kind of seeing that people are more alike than different generally. Um, what do you think people need to understand about each other in order to make the world go better? I think, you know, there's some really basic things, and I think one of the most basic things that I think that if people could I hate to even use the word categorize but that, that could look at life differently and decide that there's there's really only two major emotions and they're love and fear and um, and if you find yourself reacting in a way where you're pulling back and you're and you're or you're being aggressive or you're not being your best self you take a second to decide what you're afraid of you know and are you afraid because your ego is being hurt? Are you afraid because um, you're feeling insecure? Or, you know, what are those things are? And recognizing yourself, your part in that. Um, 
and you know I know it sounds a little trite to say and try to try to put some love in the mix but I think just even just recognizing that piece can allow you to pull back a little bit and and give the situation or the person or whatever it is you're in some opportunity that they might not have with your initial reaction mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of a a basic thing I I find myself very often when I asking myself that question it's my ego that's that's in the mix and and I'm letting myself either judge or not want to give credit where credit's due or you know whatever those things might be because of my own either insecurity or my own um, ego feeling well what about me or I'm as good as that or you know whatever mm-hmm. the things that we do and again I think this is something that you know there are a lot of wise younger people but I think as you get older you become naturally aware of those things and um, and learn you know learn to sort of at least recognize it if not do something about it and then I think the other thing is is that it doesn't take anything away from you to be kind and um, and it can be a small hello or it can be something much larger but it's you know in the end you're the one really getting the gift out of it you know and I think um, a lot of people just keep pulling in and wanting it for themselves and, th- and they don't realize they're really depriving themselves of, of something and um, so I you know I think everybody wants they want to be heard they want to be loved. They want to be respected. They want to be treated with respect. Um, they also want to be kind. So, like, when you, we engage each other and we make that other person not react in their best way, mm-hmm. you know, they feel cheated by you. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. You know? So, so I think there's something in there that... Um, you know, it just takes a minute. And the other thing is everybody should leave 10 minutes earlier. That's my other thing. And, and um, because I think that so many things are put into a rush pattern and, 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 and to some degree it's selfish, you know, that I just, I just want to get there just in time to not waste this time or that time. And, and when doing that, you know, some people are cutting people off on the highway. Some people are, you know, their heads in another game um, or they're not really listening or all those things. And if you were there just a little bit earlier, I think everybody would be a little more chill. So, um, you know, I think it just shows a level. There's just a, a lot of that's really about just respect and, and, and kindness. And, and I think in the end that's really what most people want. They want to be treated nicely and loved if they can be loved. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody can be loved. Loved if you can love them. Yeah. That's great. What would you do? Do you, well, I have a, I guess my question for you is like, do you feel, um, as time goes on, do you feel like there's a difference in your willingness or um, openness to love people, right? Are you... Is it easier? Is it harder? Are you stingier with it? Are you more? I think careful it's much easier. How you, okay. Yeah, you know it's free. 
mm-hmm. you know it doesn't it, 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 it's it's a great investment you know it's free and and um there's nothing generally well i won't say there's nothing you know there's situations where you can and you know i'm actually you know had something recently where you, where you can put yourself out there and and show love or show dedication to someone who who doesn't honor it properly right and that's I think where most people's fear and or hurt or whatever comes from is when when that happens and mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not even a mean thing sometimes it's just that that person doesn't feel the way you feel or sometimes it's just they are mean you know I don't know but um mostly it's more good than not good right so I think if you're going to play the odds um I think you definitely will come up on the positive side of being a kind, loving, nice person um, than not. And it's not like you won't get kicked in the teeth once in a while. You might. But this is really, I mean, to me, the the source of all of what we're here for. So, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of your life, you realize, you know, having a million dollars, two million dollars, a billion dollars, you're still going to be at the end of your life at some point. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> so... Yes. Um, what do you think happens then? What do you think happens to people when they die? I think um, I think there's a certain mystery in that, but I sort of believe in a soul pool. You know, I believe that we're all interconnected in some way. Um, uh, I don't... I think that we're here to sort of expand and, and expand our our soul expand our, our awareness and and grow um but i'm not sure about and and you know honestly i've had some weird experiences in my life that could be explained as ghost like or spiritual or those kind of things so i'm i'm not sure those things don't exist mm-hmm. i just don't focus on that as sort of what it is i think there's probably a lot of senses and things, and I don't even understand like the different levels of time and space and things. I've, right. I've tried to get my head on that, and that's just not where my head goes. But right, um, you know, if we're a parallel universes, I don't know. But I do think we're interconnected, and I think I think we can feel that, right? I think you run into some people, and you're like, you feel like you know them, or you like, you kind of know what they're going to say before they're going to say it, and. Um, and I think we meet those people for a reason. It's almost like we have a little piece of each other that we need to exchange. Mm-hmm. So I think probably something good happens, but I'm not sure about like the logistics of it. I'm not sure the logistics. I don't know if I have a cloud with my name on it <laughs> or, or, or something worse. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I do think you touched on a couple of things that I that I think about too, which is that I think there's um, there's stuff that we don't understand about how things work, right? There always has been. So to think that at this point in history is actually when we know everything seems foolish, right? Right. And so, what the specifics are of how the universe works, like there's just a lot out there, and I think. You're right. There's things about um, 
senses and interconnectedness and the way the brain works and mm -hmm. the way our, whatever you call it, the brain, but our systems work. Um, I think there's more to it than we realize. So how that manifests itself and how that manifests itself, if it does after people die, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, I actually don't know. Um, it's interesting to me, you know, there's obviously people who have feel that they have a certainty about what happens and that just the fact that they're certain about it is interesting to me, mm -hmm. not even what they're certain about. Um, yeah, I just think just in life in general, I think that's whether it's after death or before, um, there's clearly stuff going on that we don't, we're not tuned into and that we don't Agreed. get. Um, and that's a do you wish you knew me. exactly what was going to happen? Oh no, I think I did when I was younger, and now I'm, I'm too lazy. I don't care. <laughs> it's fine. I'm fine with it. It's kind of enjoyable. The mystery is kind of enjoyable, right? right? I don't know exactly right. What am I going to do with that information? Yeah, I, I can. <laughs> I can barely sort through the information that is available to right. me. I don't know right. what I'm going to do with that. Um, I'm fascinated by it, though. I mean, I will say I that that's a major fascination for me, and 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 um, the people that do have sort of you know, more specific um, beliefs. I, I, I like to hear them, and sometimes I might even absorb a little bit of that, and sometimes I'm like, okay, that was funny, but no. Um, so, you know, I mean, I don't know if there's aliens. I, don't, I mean, there's a, whole, there's a million things, right? So That's I, right. I hope there's some reincarnation so I can come back and find some more of that. Out. I, it is one thing I've thought about. I would like it would be awesome if, when you die, you are allowed to transport yourself across the timeline of existence to any place and point in time. So you can be like, bzzz, I want to go by to Dallas, November nineteen sixty three. I want to see what happened. Right. right. Like if you could just kind of zip around. Right. And be like, you get to pick a handful or maybe a large number of places and just. And go around and be like, okay, what was happening here? What what actually went down? So if you could come back as any other, like, a, a other job, or it could be a person or a job or a, a position of some sort, what would you come back? What would you wish to come back to do or be? Oh, that's a great question. There's probably a, there's probably a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Some of it's just for, like, I don't know if I would want to do it forever, but I would be curious as to what it was like. Mm -hmm. And then some things I think I'd be really into, right? Like, I'd be really into probably playing guitar in a in a band and that was successful and doing that for a living yeah. and stuff. That would probably be interesting to me for a, a reasonably long time. Yeah. There's other things that might be interesting for... Very interesting, but for a short time that I wouldn't want to do forever. Yeah. Um, do you have a list? Well, you know, one had occurred to me for a long time is that I really wanted to, again, for a while, have um, be the Vatican librarian. Like, I wanted to be the person that could go into sort of that hold of support of, like, all this stuff and history and things. Mm -hmm. Um I just thought that would be really neat to be, like, really get the goods on. on and it might go right. back to your, you know, your your Dallas 
thing of just finding out the truth sure. of something or at least something with regards yeah. to that that I, I, I thought for a long time, like, I'm going to come back. I want to come back as the Vatican librarian. Mm-hmm. That's going to be my thing. That would be pretty great. Right? Yeah, and that's kind of like it would be great to be president or something because you'd be you would have access to certain information and things you could see like, Oh, okay, now I get it or oh that wasn't what I thought at all. Right. Um there's also places and times that I think are interesting. Like it would be cool to go back to certain places and times in their heyday and see like what was it like when this was happening. Right. right? What was it like at the Parthenon in 200 BC, like when it was on, right? When the whole thing was happening or... I just want to ask the Oracle one thing, right? Right. Or go to, I don't know, you know, New York in the 20s or, you know, London in the 1961 or whatever whatever it is. Be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that should be that should be our. I think we should make a like a hit list and just in case you know you get to a place where like okay this is your big shot. Right. What do you we want to do keep next? That in your wallet. What do you want to do next? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So given the current circumstances, what do you want to do next? Do you have something? Do you have a thing you want to do? You know, I really um, that's a. I, I don't know. I there's I there's some things I think about, but I feel like. You know, I f- I want to work on art, but I also want to sell everything and just see travel wherever the world would take me and see what happens. I'm sure after three weeks, I would want to go home to my bed with a Tempur-Pedic mattress and you know lay down. But <laughs> you know, I love the idea of going some like kind of almost letting the place find you. Um. And that might be a. That might not happen, you know. You might it might just be a romantic thought, right? But, um, I would love that. I feel like there's something out there to discover, and um, and maybe some people that can enlighten you or that you can enlighten, and um, that would be really great. That sounds pretty good. Right. It does. Donna Sue Van Cleef Fish. Did I leave out any names? Not well, not that you know of. Okay. Those are all the official ones? That's <laughs> yeah, the official ones. Thank you for being on What Else? Thanks um, for having me. I feel like we just scratched the surface, so we can do it again. But this was great. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. That's What Else? Fun. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of What Else with Donna Sue Van Cleef Fish. We'll be back before too long with another episode. Goodbye.